Welcome to the She Is Podcast. Come join us as we share with each other the stories that make us who we are. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged to keep boldly writing your story. I'm so excited for you guys to hear the story of my sweet friend, Desiree Lee. Um, We met years ago in Mops, and then uh, she served with me at our coffee shop here at Graceway at Portico. And this past year, we've gotten to know each other a little bit better um, being in a small group together. And um, would you just tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Desiree, as Ann just said. Um, Most days you'll find me taking care of my family, which consists of my husband of 20 years this year, Antonio, and our three kids, Preston, who is 15, Evan, who is 12, and Corinne, who is 5. Um, When I'm not helping my family, I am either designing spaces or on a job-related construction site. Um, I'm passionate about the redemptive story in the urban community, and I enjoy gardening, historic properties, theater, traveling, and drinking coffee as I hold (laughs) a cup in my hand. That's what we're doing right now. (laughs) So tell me a little bit more about that. Um, you're passionate about the redemptive story mm-hmm. in the urban community. Yeah. Well, part of what I do is um, renovate dilapidated houses, and God kind of drew Antonio and I to that. Um, goodness, it's been over 20 years ago. Um, started in D.C., and I didn't know that I would still be doing it all this time later. Um, but taking properties and updating them and really, really bad state properties. Mm -hmm. Um, And our latest one that we just completed last year, I mean, it was fun to see. I think we were the first house to start updating, but since the entire block has changed and, you know, bringing life and community back to the urban core, um, touching lives and showing people that really, you know, there is something more beautiful held within something that looked um, really not beautiful. Yeah, almost and beyond hope. Exactly. For most mm-hmm. Exactly. And then having a life go in there, and you know, we rent also, and um, prayerfully hoping to touch those. But you know, having a um, an an elevated standard for what you know existed before. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I know I have been on your journey a little bit with some of the the homes that you've renovated and um i just i love that you guys are in that urban community and i know you've made some good friends there yeah and we've even i mean we've done it personally also we've chosen to live in neighborhoods that are up and coming as Mm -hmm. you know many would say and just um, being a part of that and actually a fabric in the community too and prayerfully a light Mm -hmm. so Yeah, yeah i know you are yeah so Desiree brought a story from her life, one that's um, that's current, and um, would you be willing to read that yeah. now? Yeah. Well, like many, 2020 was an interesting year for our family. The year began with our oldest son, Preston, who was never ill, being ill with something mysterious. And as he recovered, he ended up getting the flu. Uh, Then he began having these uncontrollable twitches. We saw a doctor about it right before spring break. 
The doctor indicated they were likely due to his growth spurt he was having and that we should make sure that he's getting plenty to eat, eating before bed, getting lots of water and rest. We left for spring break and had a sweet vacation in Dauphin Island. As things began shutting down due to COVID-19, including the beach we were vacationing on, we drove home to a different world than we had left a week prior. We had a sweet stay at home over the next few months, great family time, a new puppy, walks, and many home projects accomplished. Preston continued to have these tremors though, and while he was doing school from home one day, he had dropped his phone and it broke. He was really upset about it. I told him that we would definitely follow up with the doctor about this at his next scheduled well appointment, which was that following month. Preston was turning 13 on June 25th. His birthday is the day before my husband Antonio's. We were celebrating Preston's birthday on Saturday the 20th with my niece, who was turning five. He is such a sweet kid. He was so excited to be celebrating his birthday with his little cousin he adores. He couldn't go to sleep the night before with such excitement about his birthday. The morning of his party, he woke up around 6 a.m. to use the restroom. I heard this thumping noise and I thought he was goofing off or something. Antonio told him to stop and was calling from bed before I told him that he should go check on Preston. Antonio screamed from the restroom for help. Preston was repeatedly hitting his head against the cast iron clawfoot tub in the bathroom. I called 911 and the cries coming from Antonio pleading for Preston to wake up and that he loved him so broke my heart. When Preston, we got Preston on his side and the paramedics carried his limp body out the door. Antonio rode with him in the ambulance and of course we learned that Preston had had a seizure. Preston woke up acting like nothing happened and he was ready to celebrate the day. We were forever scarred. I was in a daze at the party. I remember feeling so traumatized and couldn't move past it. I now know that I was challenged with the mortality of my son. The fact that he's the Lord and his journey is not something that I can control. We had had family in town for the dual party, the day of of Preston's seizure, as well as a 40th birthday party for Antonio and Branson, which was four days later. We had rented a cabin for 20 and headed to Branson while on seizure watch, waiting for a Children's Mercy Neurology appointment scheduled for the day after we returned from Branson. The following Saturday after the seizure, Antonio went to go play basketball with our nephews. The uncles played and won several games. And as he went in for the winning point of game three, he collided with our nephew. They hit knees. DJ got up, but Antonio didn't, couldn't. By then I was back at the cabin and someone had told me Antonio was injured. I ran to him. Then I ran to get my brother-in-law and sister's truck to put Antonio in the back truck bed, which was a failed attempt. He ended up standing on the running board, holding on the Jesus bar and dangling his injured leg for the quarter to a half a mile drive to the cabin. After an Epsom salt bath, rest, ice, and ibuprofen, it was clear he needed medical attention. 
With no sleep that night, I decided to pack up the car at 3 a.m. to head back to Kansas City. Antonio sat in the back seat with his leg elevated on the armrest console, and we headed to the ER in Kansas City at 5 a.m. June 28th. With the car loaded with three kids, suitcases, coolers, and fishing poles. Sleep deprived and stunned as we approached Harrisonville, we called the orthopedics after hours to let them know about Antonio heading to the ER. When we arrived, I couldn't move him alone and I ran in to get help. I just remember this crushing weight of not being able to stay with Antonio as our three kids were in the car, one of which could have a seizure at any moment with no answers, a two-year-old who was potty training, and a nine-year-old that had just inherited a lot more responsibility, as well as a four-month-old puppy I had to go pick up from the kennel. I recall being helpless. I knew I couldn't do it alone, and that was really hard for me. We found out Antonio had a very ser serious injury that could have impacted his mobility forever. He had fully ruptured his patellar tendon and required surger surgery. They sent him home that evening and we were wishing they would have kept him as he couldn't walk. Trying to get up and down the stairs to shower and bed was a feat, especially when you add in the other circumstances. My mom came and ended up staying three weeks to help and God showed up big. We had so many people helping to transfer Antonio in and out for the countless appointments that first month. Meals and people to sit with our kids while I was in and out of appointments with Preston and Antonio. During Preston's neurology appointment, the mon Monday upon returning from Branson, Anto Antonio Zoom called in. We were told Preston needed an EEG and they were booking over three months out due to COVID. I couldn't bear the thought of seizure watch for three months with the surgery a few days later. I called Children's Mercy every day, two to three times a day to see if an earlier EEG had become available for two weeks straight. They were able to mend Antonio's patellar tendon, and he began what would be a year of rehab to learn to walk and regain full use. I think Children's Mercy got sick of me calling and called with an EEG opening for July 13th. My mom had been all set to go home, but she stayed so she could help through that appointment. It was such a blessing. At the end of Preston's EEG, the tech said he was going to try to get a hold of a doctor who was reading them to see if he could get a live reading while we were there. I knew this wasn't a good sign, considering they prepare you to get results in days to a week typically. The doctor was not available to do a live reading, but we received a call that evening from the provider who was already at home but wanted to call with the results and get Preston on medication that evening. Preston had many seizures of all sorts during the EEG, and they didn't know if he had junior myclonic epilepsy or a rare resistive to medication, Javon's epilepsy. I got this wash of grief just come over me. During this time, I walked in grief and I felt alone due to the circumstances. I was angry. I was so scared. I was in the word daily, but I wasn't leaning into God. My life felt out of control. And as I wrestled with the fact that I was not in control, Antonio fully recovered with his knee, not what it was, but glory be to God, he is fully functioning. 
Preston was diagnosed with junior myoclonic epilepsy. And as I read this, I'm still processing as we've been dealing with another bout of seizures with Preston over the last few weeks. I continue to ask God what he wants me to know, but I see that I struggle with the fact that Preston is God's. I want Preston's life to look a certain way, but God has a plan for him. This life is a beautiful masterpiece in which he is the painter of, and all he asks is that I trust that he loves me, Preston, Antonio, and all of us, and that we trust him in his perfect plan for each of us. Thank you for sharing that. I, as I listen to the story, I can just feel the weight of just all those responsibilities. And uh, I was um, just thinking back to the part where Antonio found Preston on the floor in your bathroom. And I know that you had said in there that you were scarred, but I just would be curious, what was it like for you um, to kind of be not his primary, but kind of be watching, you know, calling and, you know, kind of, you know, you didn't get to go in the ambulance with him. So mm -hmm. I just was curious what that time was like for you um, as you were trying to call. Yeah, I mean, I um, joke but I tend to be really level-headed in emergencies typically. Oh, interesting. And so um, I felt like Antonio was my emotion in that in that mm, moment because yeah. I had to call 911 and I had to get help and I had mm -hmm. to listen and follow instructions. And, you know, I was upset, but I felt like... So you were panicking on the inside and... Keeping, keeping cool it together on, on the, the outside. outside. I mean, I was crying, but I was you know, trying to be really level-headed. Mm -hmm. um, and Antonio's response was a lot more emotional, which is what I was feeling, but I knew that that wouldn't be helpful, helpful to the dispatcher on the oh, other yeah. end. You know, sure. I mean, yeah. I was trying to get our son help. And really, it was the visual of the paramedics arriving that I felt oh. like, you know, and they wrapped him up in a foil blanket. I'll never forget his arm just... Oh. It just dropped, you know, mm -hmm. there was, it was lifeless. Yeah. And that was really, yeah. really traumatizing. And so um, I, there was a point in your story where you said, like, I knew I couldn't do, you know, you have Antonio's knee and um, you're dropping him off at the ER. And you said, I, I knew I couldn't do it all on my own. Mm -hmm. And I know you're a lot like me where you try <laughs> to do it, right. um, but what do you think, um, was that the first time in your life you felt like there was just too much, you couldn't figure it all out on your own? Yeah, probably, and it felt very, um, it was very clear I couldn't do it all on my mm -hmm. own, you know, mm -hmm. and I wasn't really sure what to do. You know, I wasn't sure if I was going to have to send kids, you know, off to grandparents or aunts and uncles or, you know. But yes, I typically try to, you know, take the bull by the horns and mm -hmm. going to, I can do it or, you know. And of course I say, with God, I can do it. <laughs> but sure. it's probably <laughs> with me putting my foot, yeah, exactly, inserting my foot, you know, first. But um yeah, and I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, I can't do this, and how am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, 
really wishing I'm like and my husband also it's like can't you just keep me <laughs> I can't oh, walk yeah. <laughs> please like, leave me here right. I'll get better care right. uh, but yeah. I, I mean I remember feeling that too with John where it was like please don't send him home too soon right you know just the responsibility of the care of, right. of him too um, so you said God showed up in a big way mm-hmm. and um was how did you feel about like people caring for you? I mean, it's God's arms wrapped around you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I remember being really flabbergasted that when a teacher at my kids' school heard about, and it wasn't a teacher. It was a teacher one of my sons had had, and another one had it. It was just a... Oh, it was past teacher. Exactly. And it wasn't like their classroom teacher was um, somebody who comes in. Yes. um, Pushes in. But she had heard that about Preston and everything going on, and she brought over a meal. Oh, wow. And I just remember being so touched by that, you know, and a neighbor immediately brought over a meal, I think, you know, that first day, and then the teacher, and I mean, it just continued and I literally didn't have time to go to the store I didn't go to the store yes we were in the middle of COVID but it was like I physically didn't have this time space to go to the store or ability to go to the store you had been gone and right we had been in Branson and you know yeah I mean it's I feel one day I will look back at this and laugh about having a vacation loaded like National Lampoon's car or something <laughs> showing up Having at the hospital. Injured. Yeah, <laughs> and like pushing them out, you know, and I don't know, Good going luck. down the road, right? <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, God really, um, from the help and even, not even just meals, but the people helping friends, family to transfer Antonio in and out because I literally couldn't lift him. Yeah. And he couldn't. He couldn't do it on his own, you know, and it was very painful. Um, and, and that was the beginning of COVID when people were like, exactly. I think, terrified yes. still of yes. yeah. being around people. Yeah, that was June of 2020. Okay. What do you, how do you feel like you've grown having people care for you? Good question. Um, I was I, just thinking about when John was so sick, you were one of the people that brought Mm. a meal to us. Yeah. And I, I knew how important that was to me because I think we had already, but you know, and that's one way I've, I've grown. I feel like that's something that God has allowed me to see, you know, he cared for me in that way. And so I can comfort other people in that way, you know, also, I know how loved I am mm-hmm. from God, from others. That is growth, you oh, know, yeah. and knowing it, feeling it. You experienced it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as I mentioned, we had another bout with Preston. We had actually, what I didn't say, but we had taken him off a of medication because I think that there was a clear case to do that. After a certain point, you can trial of off. no symptoms. Exactly. Okay. And clear um, EEGs. 
And I even think the healthcare providers were really optimistic that maybe it was a misdiagnosis or, you know, not really sure. Um, and I was really hopeful um, that we were going to be able to be off of medication mm-hmm. and be done with this. And that's, of course, not what happened. Mm-hmm. And going through this again, and it was interesting because it was a similar setup, I felt like, to feeling alone, meaning, uh, you know, I was by myself because Antonio was traveling. He was in Atlanta. And my son was having seizures again a few weeks oh, ago. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, here I am again, you know, and by myself. Yes. Um, the weight is on you. The weight is on me. Mm-hmm. And I have a choice here. You oh. know, I can either lean in, like, I wish I would have done a better job in 2020. Um, and I just, you know, I tried to acknowledge my feelings and I spent the day grieving and trusting that God has a plan. I mean, it doesn't make it any easier because, you know, there is this loss of a dream, my dream, mm-hmm. Desiree's dream, which is not, of course, Preston's sure. calling and dream that God has for him on his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a loss of right. what you had hoped. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I have seen growth just in even how, you know, you know, making sure I give my... I didn't really have the space, time, capacity to process in 2020, but, you know, making sure that I did that this time around. And um, and has that made a difference? It did. Yes, it has. Great. Well, um, I was listening like to the end of your story and you said something about and you just mentioned it again not leaning into God Mm -hmm. so what does that look like for me that looks like running okay Mm -hmm. yeah um I can be I feel like a master busy body. I mean, it's a it's like a running joke. I'm a busy bee, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like I can just find something to just not deal with, to not deal with it, mm-hmm. to not. So you're saying that you're numb that way yes. by just filling all the hours. Yes, exactly. Like I, I won't sit down and process, you know, talk to God about how I'm feeling, talk to myself mm-hmm. even, you know, it's like I'm going to deny just by numbing myself with other things, mindless activity, um, you know, to not focus on what needs to be focused on. Mm-hmm. And that's not really healthy. Sure. And it's not what God would have for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I do it imperfectly, but... As we all yeah, As we all do. Yeah, I, I just think it's interesting how... Um, sometimes the things like our giftings are also the things that are like some of our struggles. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking about how you were saying um, that you were very calm and like in the call to 911, mm-hmm. you know, you were getting things done. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, like, that's a gift because a lot of people couldn't do that. And, yeah. uh, but then also to not, be willing to go to your emotions, right? Um, is also like a hard 
mm-hmm. and spot to be in. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, I think for me sometimes just to see how like our gifting can also be a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, well, I'd be curious um, if there's anything you feel like the Lord's doing like current day um, that you just would like to encourage somebody that's in like a long-term um, health um, diagnosis or struggle, um, is there something that you could say to encourage um, someone that's walking through that right now that's listening um, that you feel like the Lord's been teaching you or has taught you um, as you're walking through this? Sure. Um, of course, it's not me directly going through the struggle, but in watching my son, I really am given peace in the fact that I know we all have struggles and that thorn in our side, and it looks differently for mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that God uses those things to speak to other people. And sometimes I was listening actually um, to a, a story a couple of weeks ago, but somebody was really dealing with a chronic illness. And it was interesting because the way she put it, and that helped give me peace for Preston, even though his struggle is different, but mm-hmm. she has to use a walker now and she's relatively young. But she said it's allowed her to witness for God and for God to have the glory she could get in places she could never get in before to pray with people because she has a walker. Oh, interesting. And it's just encouraged me and Preston's story that I know that there will be things in his path that otherwise would have not been in his path because of his epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And um, also that God could be protecting him for, from something that I, I couldn't even even imagine, you know, I, I couldn't ever wrap my head around. Um, and, you know, would it be the thing that I would choose for him and to have him have to be so responsible at such a young age? Mm-hmm. No. Of course not. Yeah. But um, every day, you know, I'm choosing to trust that God is going to use this um, in a beautiful way in mm-hmm. his life. Yeah, and I love that you said that because it is every day, Yeah, you know, where you get up and, you know, you're experiencing new things and new things are coming at you and Mm -hmm. um, just to have to choose. And that's where your gifting of being steady is also a benefit where each day you can choose that. So, well, thank you for sharing your story. I know that's going to touch a lot of people's lives and I think it took a lot of courage to be able to to share. Thank um, you, Anne. So, and we're excited for um, for what God is going to do in Preston's life and and in yours. So, thank you. Love you too. Thank you for listening to Graceway's She Is podcast. We pray that today's episode encouraged you and gave you hope for your own journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified about future episodes.